The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. Uh, it's a Hamofop. Justin Hamilton's here. Guess Charlie Justin Hamilton. How, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped for this uh, podcast because before we started recording, I said, how are you? You said, I'm really tired. I said, I'm really tired as well. So if everyone's in for some easy listening podcasting, I reckon it's about to come their way in a very smooth fashion. I think tired is being nice. Like I said I was exhausted and then told you a story that exhausted me more in me just telling yeah. you the story. I was like, oh God, this story is exhausting. Anyway, time to podcast. <laughs> It's been a big week as well. Were you uh, were you into the Batman going down on Catwoman controversy? Oh, good. Yeah, let's yeah, let's just jump off into something else. So, okay, yeah. for for some of the listeners to this podcast who might not have been across this this week, they might have had some other things going on in their life. Uh, there was a controversy because I believe in the Harley Quinn uh, cartoon uh, series. Yeah, which is R rated. Yeah, um, they wrote in that uh, a scene where Batman was going down on uh, Catwoman and DC <laughs> said, no, heroes, no. He, no, they said, I believe, no, uh, heroes don't do that or something very similar to that. That's not what heroes yeah. do. And you're like, that's exactly what heroes do. Why can't you Mariah Carey singing hero in the background as you're going down on people? Like, <laughs> absolutely. Like the idea that Batman... Like, unless in some sort of... Remember when Michael Douglas came out and said the reason he had throat cancer was because he'd just been going down on too many people? He just laughed. That's why I stopped. Down on people. <laughs> like, like so I had to cut it out. I'm a pack a day, man. I just can't stop yeah. going down on people. So much I that th- th- my throat blew out. <laughs> yeah. Try Trying to bum, uh, you know, something off someone in the street for that is a little bit different. Well, anyway, I mean, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, so maybe that's, yeah, Batman's <laughs> already got a gravelly voice. Like, he's doing that voice every night. Like, you know, his vocal cords are strained. Maybe there's some practical reason that he shouldn't be going. Where out. is it? Where is it? I mean... You wouldn't hide it in an ordinary place. But even with that vibrato, do you know what I mean? Like, that's got to be good. Like, you, you're depriving... Yeah. That's the hero that Gotham needs right now. Right. <laughs> it's just Batman going. Like, Batman was looking for a way to transition out of, like, doing the sort of dressing up as a bat and, like, you know, going around the city fighting crime. Like, he's getting too old for that. Yeah. But he's not too old yeah. to be going around town <laughs> just, like, using out bat the skills that he's learnt on the street to satisfy the Gotham community. He can put little things on his on his cow so it tickles the inside of the thighs while he's down there. Look, he he just is... a stranger. Like um, you imagine, just like a stranger goes into an alley. One of those traditional scenes you'd see in a Batman film. But then yeah. it's just like Batman down on his knees goes down on the stranger. The stranger yeah. looks down and just goes, "Who are you?" And he just looks up with a, like a mouthful of this stranger's <laughs> jizz and just goes, "I'm Batman." <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, can you? Can you either spit or swallow? I can't understand a word you're saying. Like, but, but. <laughs> oh, 
All right. Well, thank you. How much do I owe you? <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that he is like he's an incredible escape artist as well. Like you can put him in a safe and you can drop him in the ocean and he'll find his way out. So with that ability to hold his breath, like why wouldn't he be going down? Like he would be like, I feel like a lot of uh, heroes and villains would be wrapped. Alfred, like, come on. The only part of his like entire face covering that he's left open is his mouth. That's exactly. got to be for just going down on people. Like, yeah, you know, you know who can find the clitoris? The world's greatest detective. That's who. <laughs> Absolutely, he's <laughs> he's finding it. He's solving it. He's making everyone happy. He's getting Lucius Which- Fox. You know, he's like f- finally. Like, wasn't his like original excuse in Batman Begins that he needed all that like ex-military equipment that Wayne Enterprise were working on because he was going spelunking? This is literally right. the time where the spelunking equipment would come in handy. He could like rig yeah. up some shit where he doesn't even need to come up for breath. Oh, he's going to be down there for ages. Have a little miner's helmet. He'll know what's going on. He'll be fine. Which so let's rank the 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 Batmans. And, the and Batman. also imagine all the gadgets he has on, like his bat belt. Like, do you mean oh, like yeah. sex toys? He can like really bring his A game to Gotham. Oh yeah, if he's got bat shark repellent, imagine what else he has. <laughs> but I let's. I feel like we should rank uh, which of the mm. Batman you would want. Uh, to uh, go down on you. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, okay. So, because I, I, I have a... <laughs> Good. We I both have a firm view. Quite, like, we had this conversation before this that was so too... Tired. Too tired, nearly 50-year-olds talking about the weariness of existence and then it's yeah. just like, five minutes later, let's rank the Batman <laughs> on which would be better to go down on you. So are we going from worst to best or best to worst? Let's let's yeah we've got to go from worst to best. Okay, and who yeah. are we including in this? I think it's, I think it's Bruce is everyone. Is Adam West, Adam West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, and does do we do we throw Robert Patterson in or is he? Yeah, Ro- we haven't seen yeah, him. Would, let's put Robert Patterson in. Let's yeah, speculate. Well, you know what? I like Robert Patterson. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to rank him. I feel like I should have counted how many that is, but we'll just work it out as we go, I suppose, and see if we miss anybody. But I'm going to say, in last place, uh, out of all those named. Oh yeah, but by the way, we're not going to use any of the cartoons because they're cartoons, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> So <laughs> this is fine, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even contemplating cartoons. That's bizarre. They're two dimensional. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say in six. Oh well, it might not be six. It might be seven. Yeah, I think it's eight. In yeah. eight in place. Last. Yep. Oh boy, um, Val Kilmer, and my reason yep. being, yep. That I just think, I don't know, there's something a bit too random about Val that I just, like, I like Val as an actor, but he seems like all over the place as a person, right? Like, some, right. some of it's like health reasons, some of it's like just the, his personality, whatever. I don't know. I don't know enough about him. But what the sense I get from him is that he just is a little bit unpredictable. And there, if there's one thing that I've always said, Justin, that I don't... <laughs> prioritize around my genitals it is unpredictability <laughs> oh yeah like that's got to be a firm rule right right <laughs> so i'm gonna say val kilmer who are you gonna say 
No, I'm going to agree with you on that one. There is just, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to be that committed. I'm taking his performance as Batman mm. in into it. Uh, maybe he doesn't find the humour in it. Like, you know, if you have someone who's dressed as Batman going down on you, there's got to be a moment where, you know, yeah, you, you crack a gag. This and guy have, gets it. Have, yeah, right? But I feel like, I feel like this Val guy not would not get it. There's a no. there's a slight chance he'd get it, and then he'd go all in on it, which again is still too much for me. So I'm going to say Val in eighth yeah. place. All right, okay, yeah, no. Let's swap. That's good. Each time we choose, let's one. So you go first this time is what I'm saying, so that we can react. Okay. Yep. No, that's uh, we want to make sure this is fair. So I'm gonna. Th- this might come as a bit of a surprise. But uh, I think Ben Affleck. I think I might rate Ben Affleck uh, next. I think I think that's a, a relatively humorless Batman. Ben Affleck's a good-looking guy, but he has got age on his side, so you figure he's picked up some tricks along the way. But he doesn't look like he's been much fun. When you watch the Snyder stuff, he's drinking wine first thing in the morning. There's a distinct possibility that Batman's going to have a little bat nap in while he's down there doing the job. So for me, it would be next Ben Affleck. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I'd like yeah. earlier on when when I heard his name instinctively, I was like, you know what? He's done some Kevin Smith films. He's comfortable about the fact that this is like a an experience, you know, right. like you know. But then the more I thought about it, and just the more that I thought about other people and like ranked them in front of him, I think he is also in my seventh place. Yeah, Matt Damon yeah, would be so. much higher if Matt Damon had played Batman. <laughs> Yeah, but it's once again, I'm I'm very much taking into account the type of uh, the version of Batman yes. that they play as well. No, I agree with that. So, all right, now now it gets a little more tricky, I reckon. Yeah. So, who have we got left on our list? We've got Robert Pattinson, so, uh, George Clooney, Adam yes. West, um, yes. uh, Michael Keaton. Yes. Am I missing someone? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Of course, I'm missing Christian yep. Bale. Oh boy. Yeah, okay, this is already like I mean I am pleasantly surprised at how many Batman I'd be comfortable to go down on. <laughs> it's this list. You've all made the finals. Yeah. I'd be happy with whoever it is from now on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Um I'm going to say Adam West just because well Two reasons. Firstly, I think just like maybe just a bit too comical, which, you know, right. would just be like, I, I don't mind a laugh in that situation, but I think, you know, it would just be a, a not 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 serious enough. Uh, whereas, and the other thing is, of course, his name is William Anderson. His real name, Adam West's right. real name is William Anderson. And I feel like right. if I ranked him any higher, that would be me saying something about myself and not about Batman. <laughs> Well, so it's really funny because I was going to come in with Adam West at top because, yeah. you know, my, my theory on the Adam West Batman is he saw his parents murdered right. and he wasn't traumatised. He became groovy. So he would be fantastic. But the two things that while you were talking about him that made me think maybe he does come in at this level was A, uh, what happens if Burt Ward as Robin turned up? I don't know if I... Like, I have a feeling it might be a bit too swinging. It might be a bit too groovy. And I'm not sure that I want Robin in there. And secondly, his name. So I'm happy to drop him all the way from first down because you have ruined that. And he's 
I almost feel like we should drop him all the way down to under Val Coomer and Ben Affleck now that you've pointed out the name thing. But uh, I mean, I got to be no, honest with you. I think that's you. good. I got to, yeah, get a, I don't want to be completely rejected from this scenario. You know what I mean? You need no, a no, little no, respect. Yeah, yeah. You need a little bit of English on it. That's all right. Uh, That'll be good. All right. So. Tough. I reckon, yeah, it is tough. Like, far out. I reckon uh, this, so I'm going to say Robert Patterson here. Now, mainly he's getting demerit points because we've only seen a trailer of him. And in the trailer, he looks really violent. And so, you know what I don't need? Like, chafing. I don't I don't need an injury. I don't need I don't need someone telling me when they look up I'm vengeance. Even though he's really handsome and I love Robert Patterson. He is super pretty and Yeah. But I think I'm also going to have to put him in this place just because like you said looks pretty violent. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not sure that I should invite that Batman into my home without learning a little bit more about the other sides of that particular Batman. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah, just not quite enough information at this point. Could move higher based on the new movie, but at the moment, I'm yeah. ha- I'm happy with his seatings. All right, yeah. okay. Now, Keaton, this is Keaton, this is all gold, gold, silver, and bronze here. Keaton, Clooney, and Bale. Yeah. Oh boy, um, Bale. Yeah, I think Bale I- here is um, just like he'd be method. Like you know, yeah. he'd study the greatest like oral sex proponents of all time and absolutely oh, get yeah. into it. He'd be like, yeah. I'm going to lose weight for the role just because of all the weight I'm going to put on <laughs> while I'm practicing being the greatest <laughs> yeah. person in oral sex ever. Yeah. Um, but he is also quite intense and, you know, yeah. we've seen how he can blow up, you know, when the cameras aren't rolling. So, yeah, I think, yeah, he's got to come in at this point. I'd make him do the voice. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's no way you're going to get erect otherwise. But yeah. the thing is, is also his Batman, like, when he's playing Bruce Wayne, like, when he has to play the version of Bruce Wayne, he looks like he would be heaps of fun. But as soon as nobody's looking, you know, in the dark night when uh, he's left on the balcony by himself, he doesn't drink the rest of his champagne. He throws it away. So maybe while he thinks that you're watching him and thinking that he's playing the role of Bruce Wayne, it would be fantastic. But as soon as he figures you're not looking, he's already thinking, fuck, I've got to call Lucius. I've got to get my bat copter ready, you know. I wonder what Alfred's got for dinner. I I feel like that that is all very well-made points. Uh, So... All right. The top two. <laughs> Keaton versus Clooney. This is like, yeah. I mean, this is an absolute showdown of, of Titans. Yeah, absolutely. If purely on their Batman. Yeah. Then I think the, the, that it would be Clooney 2 and Keaton 1 for me, however. I've right. never said that it was purely on their Batman. I'm taking them as Batman into like 85, 90% of my selection criteria, but it is not the entire nature of my selection criteria. And yeah. I am just going to overrule because, come on, it's George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it would be like you'd be friends with him forever because it would just be some story where every year on the anniversary he'd give you a call, you know? Oh, yeah. He'd, he'd be so cool with it. 
Yeah. Probably buy your coffee machine for afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bat and espresso. Uh, you know, I feel like the Michael Keaton Batman would be pretty fun. Like, I think there'd be times yeah. where in the middle of it, he'd kind of give you that look as if to say, this is pretty crazy, isn't it? We're in an alley. But... <laughs> Just over there is where my parents got murdered. This is weird. <laughs> anyway, get back to the job. But I feel like the the Clooney Batman, he'd just be fun. He'd be pretty cool about it. He definitely wouldn't let Dick Grayson involved. He'd no. be, you know, he'd be on a mission. He'd be fun. Yeah, you and feel you like the reason afterwards. that it was happening, because we never like settled on the reason that this was happening, but let's just say it was for some, somebody's just decided like for charity. Yeah, they they are going to put you know pay what however amount of money and George is like that's brilliant. I'm going to buy some more satellites to look out for warlords in some foreign country yep. that can't afford it or whatever. <laughs> and so like you'd even feel good about it from that point of view. You'd be like, well, this is yeah. good. This is my way of helping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'd be wrapped. Did did you happen to? Well, that's worked out quite well. So yeah. uh, that 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 ranking makes a lot of sense to me. It's it's funny. The if anyone wanted to kind of understand why the Zack Snyder Batman just feels so out of whack. Did you see his contribution to the argument? No. He just he just put up a drawing. I don't know who did the drawing, but it's it's a drawing of Batman going down on Catwoman and he just put up the picture and he, and he just wrote canon. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like ostensibly, and I I might shock some people with this, but you know superheroes are for kids. <laughs> And just turning them into these hyper-sexualized characters is a little... Anyway, I don't read many comics anymore. It's okay. <laughs> Z- Zack so Snyder, strange. who I know you've met and was lovely and etc. He was lovely. I will defend him. But I feel like he's just decided off the back of the Snyder Cut that he can release Snyder Cuts of everything. everything. So that's what he did. He just went, you want to see that? I'll show you. And he, yeah. I, I endorse that. In fact, I would like Zack Snyder to professionally stop making movies, but just release Snyder cuts of things that people won't reveal. So, like, if there's some mystery in a show, he just reveals it. He just releases the Snyder cut. If people want to see something, he just goes, I'll show it. I'll make it. The Snyder cut of anything in life. Well, I reckon, like, just movies in general. Like, imagine his version of Titanic. Like, as it sinks, it somehow comes together and forms a transformer Titanic boat that starts saving everybody. I mean, literally, he could just go from genre to genre, film to film, releasing Snyder Cuts. So they just give him all the original footage and he just like, and like $10 million, and he releases a Snyder Cut of like Juice Bigelow. When Harry met Sally. (laughs) 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 I like When Harry Met Sally better. The Snyder Cut of When Harry Met Sally. Harry it's a just lot more aggressive. furiously going down on Sally in the car the first time they meet. <laughs> oh my God. Billy! <laughs> uh, you, that dinosaur scene suddenly you, takes a different you, turn. Yeah, you, you did have what she's having. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Why do you keep saying that? <laughs> and then, then screaming Snyder cut. <laughs> they've got an old Billy Crystal and an old Meg Ryan back they've like de-aged them they've put ping pong balls on their face and stuff and oh fantastic I, reshot I some def- scenes this is great this is actually yeah. like all these old actors who are sitting around like you know who are still famous but we aren't quite good enough to be in things now this is perfect you can just yeah. go back and let Zack Snyder ruin your old films <laughs> 
Yeah, it'd be so good. Imagine a de-aged Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, because what I want to experience is the uncanny valley when Billy's going down on Meg's uncanny valley. (laughs) By the way, there were people actually arguing about this over the week, (laughs) about a a cartoon character, whether or not (laughs) they'd go down on somebody. And it's... I think the world might be insane. I think everyone is slightly insane. And what is happening here? Well, here's what I actually think. Is a small amount of people in the grand scheme of things thought that was important for a bit this week. Because a small amount of people in the grand scheme of things need something every day to find important. Because we're on these machines and, you know, they've hooked them up with algorithms and, you know, dopamine hits and, you know, raising your serotonin levels and hooking you in and all these sort of things. And those controversies, those hooks, are literally, you know, what the business of social media is, right? Like every day, social media in a general sense wants some of those things to happen so it can drive traffic to their sites. People can contribute, people can just spend more time online reading about it, all these sort of things. It's it plays into their hands. Their business doesn't not exist if those sort of things don't happen. And so every day they choose a few things, some of them important, some of them not important at all, and they amplify them to get us all to fucking stay online. No one cares about the, the, you know that's what the world's response should have been. Hey, um, they cut out um, Batman going down on Catwoman. And like, firstly, the whole world should have gone, look, no one cares. We're busy right now. There's serious shit going on. This does not matter. And then one person that spoke on behalf of all of us should have gone to DC and just gone, shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. <laughs> when you saw like Batman going down on Catwoman, you know what you should have said? No one cares. It's fine. Let, let it yeah. happen. If that's the story they want to tell, if it's an adult comic, it's fucking fine. Just deal with yeah. it. Like, move on. Like, heroes don't do that. Shut the fuck up. Grow up. Like, people <laughs> what are, a strange like, response. The next generation are all fucking eating each other's assholes. They're, like, they've moved beyond, like, going... Like, it's actually a 30-year-ago fucking reference, the idea that Batman wouldn't go down on somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's right. a, such an old-fashioned reference in this like modern age where like there's been a sec a, another sexual liberation for good or feel <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously i'm still getting my head around the, the, the people going down and eating each other's assholes it's uh well, that's what I people feel like are that's doing dangerous now. that's what like but it feels dangerous right well to us to old people like us but it doesn't feel dangerous to young people people are doing it all the time do young people, like, what happens if you just, like, accidentally squeeze a little fart out? No, I mean, there's risks. Maybe That's the, what I mean. Maybe the risk is part of it, part of the thrill. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Get in, get out. Yeah, maybe that's maybe <laughs> maybe that's part of the subculture that I'm just not familiar with at all. I imagine that. We're like, so first we go for a curry. We both have a can of beans. And then yeah. some of the riskiest <laughs> sex you'll ever have in your life, mate. And then tick, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, Josie Jeff and the Fresh Prince are there. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, look, I've got to be honest, it worked for me. I was really busy, but uh, I was uh, where I was working, I was working at the Chase. So I have, you know, moments where it's just 
you know, a bit of time to just breathe and just let, let your mind wander. And I saw the Batman stuff trending on Twitter. And I just kept coming back to it all day and really enjoying the very serious responses to some of it. So you've spoken before about the fact that, you know, you've been doing some work with The Chase, uh, mm. which has meant two things. Firstly, that I have started watching a bit of The Chase, you know, you're, oh, you're yes. working on it. It's quite an entertaining show. I watched a bit of it the other day. Um, yeah. But also, just uh, unrelated to that, I did not see this, but I saw it posted that Tofop, well, that yes. my Tofop was a question on on the chase. Is that is that true? Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. write that question? How, how did that did question not. get in there? Who's, I have no idea. I have no idea. about Tofop on the chase? Well, it's funny. It's like it's the second time that uh, a friend has come up as a, as a quiz question. Like you've made it, <laughs> you know. I mean, you're, you're a question on, feel, on a quiz show. I, it made me question the chase. I was like, I'm a. I could be a question on the chase. I've been a question on those shows before. Like I understand that. Like I've been in crosswords and shit. Like, but Tofop feels like something that the chase should not lower itself to. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I feel like the chase should have higher standards than plugging. That just is going to confuse more of their loyal viewers than it is going to entice them, I think. Right. It was funny. I uh, I didn't actually see that episode. So it was one of those things where people were asking me if it was uh, my doing and I'm 95% certain that it wasn't. <laughs> so we'll have to try and find out who got that uh, question on. Yeah, I would like to know if, uh, if well... There is a possibility, I imagine, that the person who got it on might have listened to the podcast. So if you're listening, please tell me. I would like to know. Thank you for joining us. That would come in handy. But ironically, I missed it because we were making it. Mm. So we just had had the governess in town for a few weeks and she is... She is hilarious, you know, like, it's it's funny. Like, she's in character all the time and, uh, you know, she's, she's an OG from the UK. Uh, version of the chase so uh, you know when she's talking about meeting people it's pretty famous people <laughs> that she's been at parties with and you know uh, uh, Bradley who was in the last two seasons of uh, Doctor Who was the host and all that kind of stuff and just uh, it's very interesting Australians for some reason don't go for the big offer like UK people are always going, yeah, I'm going to go for the hardest one. And Australians are a lot more conservative. They'll, oh, you know, I know I'm only here once and I always said I'd go for the big one, but you know what, I'll just go for the 12,000, Larry, you know. And it's right. really it's really interesting as a psychology. Card. Yeah, I know. I think that is a very Australian, you know, I think it plays into that whole tall poppy thing. But I yeah. also think it comes from living in a country where relatively, you know, there are obviously enormous pockets of people who are doing terribly in this country and yeah. for a range of reasons. But in a general sense, if you're born in Australia, you're born into a reasonable way of life. I think that right. like, I think that the lottery, much like religion, like is one of those things that tends to be stronger in countries where they don't have as much, right? You need to believe right. there is a life better than the one you were living because you were living such a disenfranchised life. And so the more disenfranchisement there is in a particular place, I think the more religion and the more people who think I'm going to like, there's definitely that in America. Like the America has that whole attitude, right. Of like, you know, the American dream, like it's okay yeah. that we're, most of us are living in relative fucking poverty and have to have three jobs to pay our bills because 
we've been sold this idea that at one stage you could be one of the billionaires. Yeah. England, it's a bit harder to tell English psychology. I don't really know where they fit like in, I get where Australia fits, but I'd still, I find it hard to work out. What does England think of England? Because from an outsider's perspective, you've just got to go, fuck man. Like we fucked this shit up. Like we were in charge of everything. Like, and we let that go. And it turns out we'd done a whole bunch of terrible things to get in charge of everything. And so now we don't even have everything, but we have all the fucking blowback from the terrible things that we did. <laughs> and it's not the greatest joint. We sent like our prisoners to paradise. <laughs> They're doing <Yeah>. great. <laughs> <laughs> that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> like there's a series of decisions if you are, you know, sort of British English, like that, you must, I don't know, or, or do you still go, yeah, it's it's London, it's great, it's one of the world's greatest cities, and it is, it's one of the world's most famous, and yeah, and there's a lot of, yeah, but even just Brexit and stuff, like what, if you're a an English person right now, like what do you, where do you think England's place in the world is? Yeah, like, like where, like genuinely where, I reckon it's, they'd probably say, much further to the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm just going to throw this idea out there and if anyone is motivated and would like to follow through and turn it into something, uh, it is yours. But I'd love to read a book where it was an alternate history uh, novel and in it the, the, the British discover, you know, come across Australia and then what they subsequently do over the next 50 to 60 years is they don't tell the poor people and all the rich people and, and all the all the scientists and all that move to Australia and leave the prisoners behind in England and then I mean if they're in prison, what does the world turn into? It's one of those things where it would take a while because obviously there's a lot of people there and you've got to get them all the way to Australia but like if that was yeah. your plan or yeah. even if you were just going to take the the finest, right? You were just like, yeah. you know, yeah, the elite decided they were going to have a private club down in Australia and start this new like elite civilization. You could do that. People could start yeah. just sort of like disappearing. You just have to like the most famous ones you just have to send off at the end. But yeah, yeah you could do that. Yeah, I'm not going to write it. But if there's someone out there who's motivated, who's looking for an idea, you're welcome. <laughs> and, and please write us in as characters. <laughs> Two dudes debating uh, whether some fictional character will go down on someone else. If for some reason, like just say, okay, so say Australia, they, I don't know, like a Vulcan, this is a terrible example, but let's just go with a realistic one. Just Mad Max shit went on in Australia. For whatever reason, Australia terraformed into like, Mad Max in the next five years. And so suddenly yeah. everyone who lived previously lived in Australia, we were all refugees. We were refugees and the world agreed that, you know, that'll take a share of Australians into their own countries. Where would you apply to go and live, do you think? Oh, you're right. Yeah, good question. That's such a good question because up until a couple of years ago i realized that i had no real desire to travel <laughs> and it was such a bizarre thing because this window opened up and i was like oh i could go traveling and then i just went 
I don't know if I can be fucked going anywhere. <laughs> I just felt so kind of tired. And, I, you know, of course I love traveling, but it was I didn't really have anything in mind. And then I'd kind of come up with an idea and then we went into lockdown and then travel has been out of the head. Off the top of my head, I'm guessing I might put my hand up for Italy because I love pasta. <laughs> I think the weather there is pretty good. There's lots of... There's good history. There's lots of things to look at. And I'd like to do this with my hands when I'm learning to speak Italian. Eh. I, I like that. That's a good choice, I think. I'd get a Vespa. I'd learn how to ride a Vespa. Oh, yeah, I think I could do Italy, actually. Like, I had a really lovely holiday in Italy once, like, and it was one of those places where I'd just love to go back and have another holiday there. For no, yeah. I wouldn't even do anything really different to what I did. I'd just do it again, you know, because it was just fun. Yep. Um, and a lot of it was, you know, the food and the attitude, the way of life. I, I initially would have said maybe like, I don't want to live in Paris, but I think like in some sort of rural part of France, I think I'd yeah. be quite happy to like, you know, live a life in that sort of country. I, I think I've always been interested to live in like, one of the Scandinavian countries. I don't even know oh, yeah. enough of which, but like one of the kind of progressive socialist sort of like, you know, countries. I, I'd like to go and see what that style of living looks like as opposed to the style of living we, we have in our country. Yeah. Would you want to be a detective in one of those places, checking out and investigating a grisly murder? Because they seem to do it very well. <sighs> I just don't think I'm the guy. I feel like I'm not observant enough. Like, I feel like I'd miss really obvious shit. Like, sometimes I can't find my stuff at home and it's in really obvious places. So, I just don't feel like... like your hand. <laughs> oh, mate. The amount of times... Because I've ordered a new pair of glasses. In fact, they're ready now, but they just took a long time to come. And uh, uh, I've got my two old pair of glasses and they're both... You know, A, the prescriptions, you know, not what it... Yeah, it should be, right. but be yeah. the actual glasses themselves. It's been three years or something. It's way overdue. And yeah. so I really just don't care about them anymore. The way I put them on my head, you know, any of those sort of things. They're just scattered near my desk. And I just like, if I need to read something, I just fucking pick them up and I bang them on my head. And the other night I was doing like a podcast and I saw my glasses there and I went to read something and I put them on and I was already wearing my other pair of glasses. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were like the reverse flying high. <laughs> I was like, seriously, I was like, oh man. <laughs> I'd like ask myself, That's... are you okay? <laughs> I was like, yeah. okay, man, you okay? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why you knew where your glasses were because yeah. you could see them because you were wearing your glasses. Right? Yeah, I was like, I should have known from how sharp those that vision of those glasses was. <laughs> were I? I find uh, the way you wear your glasses and uh, some of our friends actually, I find it quite confronting. What do you mean? Because my well, my glasses go in my head and they just stay there, but oh, they're, yeah, they're right. on and off. And we've got a friend of ours who's lost, like, hasn't had glasses for long, but has lost like three pair in in the two years that he's had to wear them and you go i'm like how do you lose your glasses it's well a- it's because you don't wear them all the time and like i would yeah. actually now that i need to wear them i'd almost not in every situation but in a lot of situations be very comfortable with the fact that i had to wear them all the time like because i keep it's the incidental times when like if i'm gonna work on my computer i know that like 
I am going to be wearing my glasses. But if I'm suddenly like out at a bar or something and we run into some friends and they pass you the menu to have a look at or like the terms and conditions in a shop where they print them really small and like someone will wave like a thing in front of my face and go, do you want to read those? And you're like, I was checking into a hotel the other weekend and, you know, they give you that list of here's the things you can do in the hotel. And I was just like, yeah, I can't read any of that. Like, wow, and I right. don't have, cause I don't have my glasses with me right now. So like, I'd almost prefer to be at the point where I just constantly had them with me on my face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would you get the surgery? Would you? Would you let? Would you be into smelling your eyeballs burning as they curve the lens out, so you don't need to wear glasses? I, I don't mind wearing glasses. I mean, I know no, I'm very no, no, new no. to it. Like I'm only have been doing it for like three years or whatever. But um, no, I don't. I don't mind it at all. In fact, I yeah. kind of like the idea that in general, life is a bit fuzzier. <laughs> <laughs> you know like it's good it almost yeah. is like ah relax you can't read now you don't have to do any more reading you can't read when you don't have those on yep that's just the way it is and that also means you it's like you're living in a Sophia Coppola movie everything looks nice and soft and everything's kind of smooth around the edges right makes you it's makes you life like a movie yeah exactly yeah exactly and then I yeah. just put on my glasses I get yeah. in front of my, I sharply focus on all the myriad of problems of the world and then I take off my glasses and I'm like, ah. You, you can be really complimentary to your friends. You look fantastic because you're not wearing your glasses. Oh, no, that's been said to, back to me several times when I've complimented my lovely partner on how beautiful she looks and she's like, yeah, but you're not wearing your glasses. <laughs> Again, backfire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I could never imagine uh, not wearing glasses now. It's uh, It just kind of feels like it's a part of my head. So the idea of, like, even the one time that I went to get contact lenses, I thought I'd give it a go just for just for more things like at that point, you know, going to the gym or just to see what it was like. And I just, A, hated it so much having someone have their finger near my eyeball. It was this yeah. little old Vietnamese woman who was the optometrist, and it was so funny because she ended up, having me in a choker hold trying to get the lenses onto my eyes yeah, and my no I thanks. was blinking like I was at a it was like a strobe light at a at a club in the nineties. I was <laughs> just not into it at all. And then I just looked at myself without glasses and I was like, mate, you, you look a little bit like a young Hans Molman. Like, you know, just a bit squinty, a bit a bit piggy in the eyes. The glasses give you your head some shape. Oh, Keep it, mate. You but- know, I'm in in an interesting point with like the television stuff, because at the moment, like the auto cue is still big enough that I can read it without, and it's far enough away that I can read it without my glasses. But there's got to be a point at some stage where, if I'm lucky enough to, you know, have a show for long enough, that my I'm going to be like, the, suddenly I'm a glasses person. I cannot read yeah. this auto cue without these glasses. Yeah, and I would and definitely you- wear glasses in that situation. I would not be even if someone else was like, you know, you could get contact lenses and keep looking. No, I'd just be like, I wear glasses now. Yeah, and it'll be annoying for about the first seventy-two hours because everyone will be commenting on it. Oh, you wear glasses? Yes, I wear glasses. No, well, you know what I'm going to do? Take off my glasses and not read that shit. Oh, you'll never see it. Yeah. It'll be fine. I'll be like, this. you know what I think of that? Takes the glasses off. The reverse David Caruso. That's what it is. So. <laughs> the reverse Caruso. Far out. 
David Caruso. I have not thought of that name in a long time. And I remember when he was going to be... Like, he was going to be the guy that made the leap from TV to movies. He got a big push. So... Yeah. Uh, what was the name of the show that he was on? The sexy, the sexy detective show. Well, he was on NYPD and we, Blue. NYPD Blue. That's what it was. Yeah. Called. And yeah. Um, funnily enough, he's in one of my favourite, very uh, critically panned movie, but a uh, Bruce Willis movie called Hudson Hawk, which is, right. I think, a hilarious film. And he is in that um, as a movie actor, and he was going to get a push as a big movie actor, but for whatever reason, he was apparently. Not the easiest to work with. Like, I, he yeah. didn't have a great reputation, but for, I don't know. He had red hair. Like, he had a TV. He was kind of like TV hot and not movie hot. Yes. Yes. And I think just maybe made, you know, you do, you quite clearly at that point, there was a divide. There was that thing of, oh, you're a TV actor and you're a movie actor. And so I think maybe he wasn't getting the, the movie roles that, he probably could have done as an actor, but he's not getting the top roles because they're going to the movie stars. And, so but, he's getting then, the lesser but ones. Then he went back and like did 10 years or however many years, probably more of fucking CSI, which was like oh. the biggest show on fucking television. Like he, yeah. Like he had, had a good career. A huge career as a television yeah. actor, as a television star, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I still, to this day, my favourite thing that I ever came up with for a radio show um, was because at the start of uh, CSI Miami, which was the one that David Caruso was in, they would always have some. It's it's often a thing that pops up in these stellar shows, but the ones in um, uh, CSI were particularly hilarious. Which was that David Caruso's character, like there'd be this guy Hank who was like the chief of police or whatever, and then David Caruso like would rock up from CSI, and like David Caruso would say some pun about the murder. Like, that's what it would be like, you know, like, so, um, uh, it'd be like, okay, so Hank would be like, here's the problem. Uh, he was working on his jackhammer and then suddenly he had no penis. Right. <laughs> and then oh, David wow. Caruso would, he, would say, well, Hank, and then like take off his sunglasses and say, looks like he got jacked off. And then the who's sting <laughs> would just like, what? would come in like at the end of it like and that was the start of every episode and so wow. one day i was running on uh bondo beach in sydney and i ha was doing a radio show with our good friend anthony limo lehman at the time um people wouldn't have heard of it because it was at the same time as hamish and andy but it was a good fun time and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i uh I think I think Triple M had killed for those ratings now. And <laughs> it, it just it, it enabled us to come up with the weirdest stuff for the show and just do it, yeah. which was so much fun. Like some of the, mo the most fun things I've ever made were the time on that show because we were just getting paid to do a show that not people even in the same building weren't really paying that much attention to. So it was a good so time. It's the best time to do radio when no one at the station gives a shit. I mean, literally spent <laughs> an entire hour of our radio show one day drying lettuce. Me with a lettuce dryer and him by hand to see which was the more effective model. And then we got a live rabbit and a supermodel in studio to test the lettuce. Like, yeah. it was fun times. But my favorite <laughs> thing was we had this regular. Hang on, who won? Who won the lettuce? I did. Lettuce spinner. Yeah. Lettuce yeah. spinner. Yeah. Um, my favorite <laughs> moment when we came back from a break and Limo was like, if you just tuned in, we're uh, drying lettuce. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> one of the great back announcers. <laughs> so anyway, um, I came up with this uh, segment where we would play, we'd get the advanced copy of like that week's CSI and then we would play the scene on the radio and then, because in commercial radio, they always say, don't don't make your listeners do creative shit. That's like one of the, right. like, get them to tell a story, get them to talk about something they already know, but don't like expect that they're going to come up with a whole bunch of, and I always thought that was absolute bullshit. I was like, no, no, no. Like, this is like hundreds of, hopefully like, you know, thousands of people and they are all creative people. And between them, I reckon we can have a bit of fun here. So we would play the scene and then we get people to do, what they th- guess what they thought the one liner was. So we'd explain, we play play it up to here's the here's all the ingredients you need in your mystery box of a David Caruso one liner. So you know it's a jackhammer. He's lost his genitals. Great, jacked off. Like that's going to be your your angle. So you know the scenario, but then they'd write their own lines and they would come up one by one, do their line, and then we'd play the who's sting. And it right. was always like it was like a Letterman top ten. Like people would have yeah. The f- funniest lines like always and this was the great thing always much better than the one that was on the show like the ones that the listeners came up with so like the big kind of letdown at the end was always when we played the real one and we'd just taken eight calls from strangers who come up with definitely heaps better ones it was (laughs) we played that game i reckon every week for the entire time we did that show after i thought of it and it was Still to this day, I was like, these people are smart. These people are funny. Look at all the good shit they come up with and we're playing this dumb game. It was fun. But there, there is that underestimate, uh, underestimation of the general public, which is, yeah. well, people are smart and people are funny. And if you just set something up for them and give them a simple, hey, this is the setup, what do you think? Nine times out of ten, it will be funny, and the tenth person will probably either say something where they've given it a crack but haven't quite gotten it, or they just won't really understand what a double entendre is and just come in with a single one. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes <laughs> like funny. things are funny that aren't comedy. Like, we work, yeah. in, we work in comedy, right? And the, But there's a difference between comedy, which is being produced to be funny, and things that mm. are just funny. You know, sometimes, yes. yeah, things like amuse you for other reasons or people amuse you for they're not telling a joke or they're not doing a, like a one-liner or they're not even telling a comedic story. It's just something about the way they react to things, what they say, whatever, that is amusing to you. That's still yeah. that's still funny. It's probably not comedy. Like, you know, it's not like something that's, you know, but it's still funny. And also yeah. you can watch like tragic things that weren't produced to be comedy. Like, do you know I mean like somebody getting really seriously fucking hurt or whatever and find it comedic? Right. Like, but it's not comedy. Y- yeah. Like, you know it's what I mean? Like it's, it's funny, but it's not comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you try to explain to people that everybody's funny to somebody. It's just that a comedian works out how to do it to as broader range of people as possible. Oh, the funniest but, person you'll ever fucking meet is the dude in your group who, or the you know, woman in your group, the person in your group, whatever, um, that knows you all, has known you all forever, knows all your weak spots and the bits that you can, because like that, you know, will make those other people laugh because they know all those things about you also. It's the greatest yeah. you had to be their gig of all time. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, there's people like that all over the place. We just have to do that with strangers. 
Like try yeah. to create that same atmosphere with a room full of strangers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with people who don't really have any history with you, you know, that's, uh, and we just find ways to quickly create a level of uh, history and kind of go from there. It's, uh, I've been spending a lot of time down at the uh, comedy store the last, uh, last month. And uh, it's, it's been fun watching, there's been some people that I haven't seen either for a while or haven't ever really seen before. Um, uh, Lauren Harris is back in town and oh. I thought she was unbelievable at the uh, comedy store over the weekend. Her performance and her material. Her material was really uh, whip smart. It, she she had a joke, which I will not tell because I'd hate yeah. for anyone to then see it and yes. I've ruined it. But she has... Uh, such a clever routine that has such specific movements in the way she performs and she finishes on a callback that she doesn't even have to say the full sentence. She just needs to say the first part of it and the audience is already laughing. And it's like, that is really good. Yeah, that is good. Um, While we're recommending things, I've been listening to a podcast uh, over the last couple of days. It was one of those ones that I was just recommended an episode of and then have like, enjoyed that episode so much i reckon i've listened to seven or eight episodes in the last few days um it is called big natural talents and it is by uh lauren bonner and conchetta caristo caristo yeah they're they're both really funny um i you know knew kind of their names and it was it was recommended to me by somebody who was like hey you know you should have a listen to this um yeah so it had some awareness but not like a lot just really, yeah. if you like this show, but you would wonder what this show would be like if it was like, you know, mid twenties women. Like, yeah. I think it's. I think there'd be you know people who like this who might like that as well. Like, it's very, right. it's funny. Like, you know, feminism is like you know, do you know what I mean? Like, as in like, I imagine they would both identify as like feminists, but they're very like, you know, influenced by that Sex in the City generation of like feminism like you know i mean there's a real difference in you're like oh this is a whole different generation and they're just it's it's a it's a super funny show like really interesting like really yeah i've i've um laughed a lot listening to it so i will give that a shout out it's called big natural talents oh yeah that sounds good i've worked uh i don't know uh concerto as well i've only performed uh i think maybe a couple of times but i performed a bit with uh lauren and i really like her i think she's uh she's pretty funny to be chatting with as well quite dry backstage oh i mean that's you know there's a lot of good one-liners in this and i don't mean like written down one-liners or like here's the joke but just things that you like this has got a nice um, Algonquin roundtable like feel where you just feel like it's people who are saying things that actually would be lovely bits of dialogue if you were writing something, but it's just yeah. them having a conversation. It's like that's yeah, yeah, there's real joys in it. There's bits of it you could definitely take and go, oh, that that little conversation around that particular thing would have been an absolutely delightful scene in something. Yeah, it's good. It's I've, I've really enjoyed it. The uh, the other person who was on uh, last night was Ben Russell, who oh, yeah. uh, he so he did some audio recordings uh, for me. He played the the monkey in my last show at the uh, twenty nine no twenty twenty um, uh, Adelaide Fringe, and 
and I was really looking forward to it. So he did it all remotely. And then I was really looking forward to going and taking the show to Melbourne and catching up with him and having him there. And then, of course, everything went down and I have just not had any, any contact with him. So I was at the store and he was on and he, he's really funny, but he's he's also just as much fun to hang out with as well. And there's, you know, there's a, there's a difference between him on and off stage, but you can see the through line and the way he jokes around off stage is really intoxicating. He's one of those guys that when you say something funny, he laughs and then he builds off it. And then you just kind of keep rolling from there. Whoever's kind of talking about stuff. I think he's, he's a crazy talent. I agree. I think he's fantastic. In 2019, I haven't seen him much recently either, but in 2019, for the first time in a very long time, and I'm still not sure why, but I decided on the, uh, Final night of the festival. Oh, you know what it was? I was doing radio in Melbourne and I was just like, I've had to like really sort of behave myself and not see anybody and whatever. And I was like, fuck it. You know what? I've got the day off tomorrow. I'm going to go out to the festival club on the last night. I think I started somewhere else. I think I started at like a bar nearby where I went to meet some other people and they were going to the festival club. So I thought, fuck it. You know what? These are the people that I'm happy to be hanging out with. If that's where they're going, that's where I'll go. And so the festival club on the last night of the festival is, is not a place I've been very regularly in my life for a very, very long time. But I had the most delightful, I just found the corner upstairs and sat next to Ben Russell and the two of us like vaped from a like a weed pen that he had and talked <laughs> absolute shit for about like three hours, I reckon. Like it was... Yeah. It was just, you know, like when you just find something, you're just like, I don't really need to talk to anybody else. Like we're having like a fun, like sometimes people would come in and out of the conversation, but in general, it was just yeah. the two of us sitting in the corner, like smoking weed and laughing. And I must admit it was like fucking delightful. Yeah, 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 he totally is. Uh, and uh, once again, uh, like a master on stage, like his, his movements and his deliveries, uh, of uh, of all his gags and his lines. He knows how to hold a moment as well. That's what was making me laugh. It was two shows at the Sydney Comedy Store last night. The first show, it's funny, the first show had a better audience, but I preferred everyone's performances in the second yeah. show because it was like they had to be a little bit better, they had to be a bit bigger, they had to hold a little bit longer because it was taking that audience a, a bit longer to catch up <laughs> to the joke. And so everyone came off stage and it had, ah, oh, I didn't enjoy that show as much as the first. But from my POV, I thought it was better and I really loved it, watching him in that, those circumstances. And he still killed, but he, he really had to kind of massage the audience into understanding where he was coming from. And it was great. Um, I'm glad to hear that. There seems to be so many like people who are not newer comedians now, like people who have been mm. around for ages. Oh yeah. But just yeah. still in a sort of In good form. And like just I mean, yeah, you talk about Ben Russell, like I mean he's doing amazing stuff with the grub. He does his own stuff. He does yeah. like he pops up on a whole bunch of other people's projects. I've seen him in ads. Like he's clearly like working probably he's probably pretty busy. But at the same time yeah. you're like People don't really know. There'd be lots of people talking to this, listening to this podcast when we say Ben Russell probably doesn't know who Ben Russell is, and they should. He's a yeah, yeah. really fucking funny guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are coming through, and hopefully the you know just get those little opportunities, just a little bit of a boost in their uh, profile, and you know I, I feel like he would be 
Like, you could drop him in something where he's, like, the third or fourth person build and he'd be the person that everyone was talking about. Oh, yeah, you know, like, I love, you know, blah, blah, blah and such and such as the stars. But who's that Ben Russell guy? <laughs> he steals every scene he's in. Yeah, uh, he's a scene ben. stealer. Yeah, in a good way, just through being hilarious. Oh, yeah, no, in, in the bones. right way. Like, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, sometimes you need someone to come in and steal a scene. That's the whole, yeah. you know, you like, that's the whole reason that they're there. Yeah, I think yeah. he would do a good job of that as well. Anyway, yeah. this uh, was a paid, paid sponsorship by Ben Russell. <laughs> 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 he knows how to get the money to us. <laughs> have you, um, I know we're getting towards the end, but have you watched Loki? Uh, I have not watched Loki. I still haven't uh, signed up to Disney Plus. I've been hes- oh, right. I've been hesitating, and it's look. The truth of it is, again, it was mostly through that I just wasn't compelled enough by any of the content. But I'm running out of other content. I, I've got to be completely honest with myself. Like, right? The, I, there's some good content just waiting behind that paywall, and all I need to do is sign up to that paywall and enter into the world of fucking Disney and I'll be fine. I can fucking like watch all these shows that I probably will enjoy quite fine. Um, there was something that I saw recently that I was like, oh, I think that's going to be on Disney plus. And I was like, okay, well maybe might, maybe the Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson's Beatles yeah. movie slash yeah. documentary slash series or whatever it is now. But like, I yeah. would like to see that. So, okay. So the other reason is literally they just oh Disney they own everything fucking Disney yeah. they, but I'm on Amazon so fucking I, like yeah. literally, you know <laughs> come on mate you know so yeah. it's gonna happen it may even happen today it might happen immediately after this podcast depending on yeah. what you tell me about Loki well it's pretty fun yeah and it's uh it's kind of got a um it for me it's only two episodes in but it feels a little bit like what you wish. Doctor Who did more of, okay. <laughs> you know. It's uh, there's a there's a fun kind of. Uh, do you know anything about it? It's the Loki from uh, the um, the Avengers Endgame, yeah, where they yeah. go back in time and then Loki escapes. So it's yeah, so it's because so the so other Loki is still dead. The yes, but this is an earlier Loki. Um, this is this is one straight after the Avengers, and he's yeah. picked up the Tesseract, and he's vanished somewhere that he's not meant to be, and he's been arrested by this uh, bureaucracy called the Time Variance uh-huh. uh, Association or something like that, and basically they stop the multiverse from happening because there's the sacred timeline, and anytime there's a variable, they have to stop it, and. Uh, they're going to get rid of that Loki, but uh, Owen Wilson's character needs him because they need to hunt down a variant of something of, of someone that has not been revealed yet. That, that, that it has the, been revealed, oh, but okay. you don't. You haven't watched it, so oh. I'm not going to reveal it for you. Okay, and it's fun. I mean, look, you know, I I like Tom Hiddleston. He is an incredible impressionist, by the way. Did you did you know that about him? He's like. I've only seen him bring it up on every interview. Oh yeah, I was going to say. Like I was about to say, if you've not, if you're not aware of this, have you ever watched him do an interview? Because yeah, like, but why wouldn't you? Like, I would. Cause, I would. He, I mean, he does very good impressions. Sure. No. 
Do you not agree? Yeah, no, no, he does. No, 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 he does. But it's just come up so often there's a part of me that it makes me feel a bit cringy. It's like, fuck, mate, we know. Why yeah. don't you do an impression of someone who doesn't need to fucking bring it up all the time? I, oh, no, I disagree. <laughs> I like an impression. And particularly no, so do done by a celebrity. Like, that's a, that's a good person to be doing an impression. I say more of it. Really? I want to see who else he does. <laughs> That's, right. that's the show that would get me to Disney Plus. Tom Hiddleston right. just doing his best impressions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Gary Here's from my- Catering. Oh, that's good. He's Gary. Yeah. <laughs> they bring them all out. They, he has them on. He has everyone yeah. on as a guest and then he does them. And then he does them. Tom yeah, Hiddleston right. does Matt Damon. This week, Tom yeah. Hiddleston does Matt Damon. Can't, yeah. People are watching that. Well, you know, I would probably watch that because it's a show, but I don't know. It's just come up so often. It's like I almost sit there going, and here we go. Yep. Impressions. All right. No worries, mate. This is great. <laughs> but I, I really I'd like him as an actor. I'd to do impressions. Do you think it would have changed me as a comedian? It would have absolutely changed me as a comedian if I could do really good impressions. Oh, who who would you like to have been your your go to? Who would you would you like to have been the ultimate impressionist of Arnold Schwarzenegger or Jack Nicholson, no. or would you like to have been the person who comes in sideways and is doing Christopher Walken and and Nick Nicholas Cage? No, nah, just like really like iconic sort of like nineties like things, like from like the era where I like things the most. You just be like, this is like. Here's Eddie Vedder, like when the release of like ten or whatever, like you know, he's he's <laughs> right, right. Seth Green, like when he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like really sort right. of like is Ethan Hawke's last monologue in Reality Bites, like really yeah. sort of iconically sort of nineties things. Well, the the first stand up comedy that I ever listened to was the Robin Williams live at the Met, and he does the he does the presidential debate between. Jack Nicholson and Clint Eastwood. <laughs> right. Well, yep. Yeah, that that'd be me, but it'd be like between Seth Green and Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell, but uh, not Malcolm Gladwell now that people know Malcolm no. Gladwell back then. Nineties Gladwell. Yeah. yeah, the pure one. Well, I, I reckon you would. Uh, I reckon you would like uh, Loki. It's got a seventies kind of aesthetic to it, which is you know it's a bit anachronistic which makes it fun to look at. I don't know how I feel uh, about the 70s. I'm convinced still. Yet to be convinced by the 70s. What do you mean? Uh, I like the 60s. Yeah. What's 80, wrong with the 80s 70s? I'm quite connected to. 90s I loved. 2000s yeah. whatever. Um, 2010s. Yeah, I didn't mind them. This this one hasn't started well. I got to be honest. <laughs> Like, this one's this, this one's this one's limping into it. Like, this one's not great. Um, yeah, of all the decades, I'm I'm least convinced about the seventies. They'd be ahead of the fifties if I went back that far, but but if we don't include the fifties, seventies is my least favourite decade. You don't you don't want an orange and brown lounge in the corner. You don't want to wear a velour suit. I don't. You don't want to eat Jets biscuits with a with a bit of cheese and a little gherkin I on it. I absolutely do not. Wow, <laughs> you're not the man I thought you were. <laughs> yeah, all the things that we associate with the '70s, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I like some of them, but like, I 
Could do without most of them. <laughs> right. Crazy decade for music. Like what? Well, there was a little guy that I don't oh, know David if you've ever Bowie. heard of my oh, dad. Right, okay. yeah, right. David yeah, so thank you very much. Well, you know, you asked and I just fucking... Okay, but like, what would I miss? Like, we know what you'd miss, but what would I miss from the 70s? Like, what would I well, care about that didn't exist from the 70s? Well, uh, well, by the sounds of it, none of it. Like, uh, you, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's, that's, that is the conclusion the that I've come yeah. to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, seventies. Never realised. Um, like, no, no space for meatloaf at his no, prime. No, absolutely not. No, no room for disco. No, not really. No. What about what about movies? You get the Godfather movies. You get you get Coppola at his best. Yeah. You get the Rocky. Movie, yeah. you get Chinatown, yeah. you get One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. What are you going net to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Well, I'm just saying that compared to other decades, that isn't like a championship list as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what? Like, I think <laughs> you get cocaine in the NBA. Cocaine like really hit its straps in the fucking 80s, though. 80s. So, no, like, no, no, no. Yeah. If you're yeah. looking for a decade for like, cocaine, you're going to the 80s. Yeah, that's when they thought it had side effects. Or now, apparently, according to every fucking newspaper article I read. Oh, really? Not is in, it back? Not in my social circles, which is, is that maybe just getting old or just like living away from the city or I, I don't know what. Like, But whatever, for whatever reason, not even in my circles anymore do I really hear anyone ever talk about cocaine. And yeah. But every article I read in the paper is just about the fact that, oh, no, everyone's doing cocaine. Your mum's on cocaine. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would explain the intensity of what's going on. <laughs> yeah, your mum specifically. In the article, they said Justin TV. Hamilton's mum, but oh, Andrea, come on. Why? Why? I, I don't understand anyone in their forties onwards who would want to do cocaine because you know what is awesome? Going to bed. I mean, <laughs> having a sleep. Yeah, having a nine eyes on the lounge. Also, like I'm already so tired. Do I really oh. want to do something that'll be fun for like three minutes and then for the next six hours as I try to re-fucking discover that fun? Like, no thanks. No. <laughs> no thanks. No. No. I like, I, I love seeing my friends and having a nice dinner yeah. and then saying, well, that was a good hour and a half. Yeah. No, no. So, yeah. No, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, no. That's how you finish your conversations now. No, no. <laughs> I want them to know I'm not kicking on, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and do not get confused by that. I think in an ideal universe, like, you know, the realities of existence prevent me from doing this. But if I was just doing these podcasts, often the other day I had to do four of them in one day. Uh, obviously, Ugh. obviously, four. if I, and I haven't been doing other people's ones much at all recently because I just don't have time in my own schedule. But I'd love to be able to do other people's ones as well. If I had no time, any just out. ask me, mate. Just ask me. You don't have to drop a little hint. You can ask. I don't have time, but no, no. so <laughs> I. But ideally, like in that day where I had four, if I'd just been able to have a rest in between each of them, yeah, it, it, it would have been very enjoyable to do all four. But by the last one, I was in no shape to be fucking talking out loud in public, and it. I, th I just think I could take that approach to life is what I'm saying. Is like, yes, I'll come to your party 
but I'll come for an hour and a half and then I'm going to go for a nap for like another hour and a half. And then like, if you're still going at that point, I might come and meet you again. <laughs> Look, I know your party starts at seven. How about yeah. I come at five? Yeah. I'll hang around till six 30. I'll go and have a power yeah. nap. I'll get up for when everyone else arrives yeah. for an hour and a half. I'll go off and have a little sleep. I'll be back yeah. at 10. And then you know what? I'll get a ride share at 11 and you've had heaps of me. Right. And I've, yeah, and I've paced myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm, uh, or do, like you're getting, or do, you're getting a hundred percent ando when I'm here. Or do you have a, like a little spare room that you could just make up for me? I'm happy yeah. to come to your party, but like, is there like a downstairs with a mattress and something where I can just have like an hour and a half nap and maybe a shower in between? You know, each and hour a shower. And a half. <laughs> now you're pushing it. <laughs> just a spark back up. <laughs> Maybe a coffee machine Have you got a coffee machine Oh yeah a coffee machine would be handy That would come in real handy <laughs> um, Thank you for doing this today Justin I do super appreciate it It was fun No It was good No fun. it was it, Well considering uh, You know people might think That we're joking But we <laughs> both Kind of looked like Death warmed up at the start When it was like Oh this is going to be fun These two assholes Are going to be fucking Racing to see Who can nod off first I mean even the way We talk to each other We literally just were Like how are you doing yeah. Here you go Okay, like we're, we're, even, we're even wasting projection on each other. Oh, I can't even go forward. Yeah, so you know that. No, it was good. We've been friends for a long time, though. It's like there's a comfort level to being able to just go. I'm not even going to bother pretending to this person that things are okay. Like it is a relief sometimes, right? <laughs> Having to be on all the time oh. is exhausting. It's it's like you know just. Briefly, working at The Chase, I really enjoy it. Like, I enjoy working with everyone. But my job is to keep everyone engaged for the whole day and be, wee. And I come home and I'm like, shoes off, socks off. Oh, the lounger's my friend. Are you coming out? No. No, no, no. How about, got to have some downtime now. Got to re-energise. I mean, even that idea of how much of your time when you're having, like, a downtime is... You, you need all your energy and you're spending some of it pretending to other people that you're not having a terrible time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God, oh, if, nice. I, if I just didn't have to pretend because like when I'm having a good time, I don't even have to do that. It's an extra weight on my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Anyway, it's, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, much appreciated. Justin has a podcast. It's called uh, Big Squid. Um, it's excellent. Um, and people should listen to that. And is there anything else yes. you would like to plug, Justin? Uh, no, with, uh, with, with the podcast, I just recently, even if you aren't uh, listening to the uh, Leftovers episodes, I actually, uh, in the latest one, uh, International Assassin covered my favourite episode of any TV series ever. So people might like to hear that. But uh, Rove and I are covering the, the Loki episodes and we've got uh, an episode coming up with uh, Tom Gleason and Ben Elwood uh, shooting the shoot. A little bit of uh, Batman uh Catwoman content there but to be honest I don't feel like they really brought it and that's why I thought I've obviously discussed this with the wrong person and that's why I came in hard with it today <laughs> that's what Batman said uh, thank you Justin <laughs> Hamilton thank you all.